8,500 troops, is that going to be the number? 8,500 troops to Eastern Europe. Senator Todd Young of Indiana is like, send them right away. But what are we sending them to do? Are they an actual deterrent to Vladimir Putin and the possible invasion of Ukraine? Because to be a deterrent, they actually have to be utilized. Is Joe Biden prepared to do this? Does America have a taste for this when they may not necessarily understand why Russia is engaged in this aggressive activity anyway? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. But it's not the only thing pressing. Americans are worried about what's going on at home, the price of beef, the price of milk, how inflation is affecting their business. Congresswoman Jackie Walorski joins us right now from the 2nd District of Indiana. That's the Northeast. You want to get an RV, it comes from her district. And so the RV (laughs) business goes, so goes a fair amount of the U.S. economy. Congresswoman, it's good to have you on the show. I'm going to start with what's going on with this Russian aggression. You've got 100,000 troops to the south of Ukraine. You have Russian troops in Belarus, which is friendly to Russia. You have the possibility of losing the eastern half of Ukraine all the way to Kiev. And the answer from NATO is maybe amass troops in Eastern Europe, but maybe not necessarily move forward. Where are we and what is the Biden administration signaling? Well, can I say, Tony, uh, here we go again. And can I just remind listeners that what we all as fellow Americans watched during Afghanistan with everybody watching, jaws dropping, even our friends around the world dropping. So I'm a little, you know, I I think it's uh, correct to say that we're all as Americans a little uh, tepid as to what happens right now because we have a president that is not a good commander in chief. We have a president incompetent, and this is a Biden administration debacle getting ready to um, unravel. So let me just say to your question, why do we need help in Eastern Europe? And I'll tell you, one of the gems that sits in Eastern Europe that is probably the motive for Putin's aggression is the Black Sea, full of minerals, full of uh, the trading capacity for that whole part of the world. Is it it, uh, likely that we want to go in and just shore up some of our allies that are in that region i think it's very likely and i think they absolutely should do it so but what you don't know is with this president you know everything changes from one day to the other and i don't think we're going to know what this president's going to do until putin plays his hand and then boom we're going to find out collectively as americans uh that the administration the biden administration is probably mucked this up already My question was a little more specific, and I am not arguing that the Biden administration has sent tremendous levels of mixed messages here. Uh, You know, the conversation of sanctions and now talking about severe sanctions and then during his press conference saying that if it's, you know, nothing more than a minor incursion, it's fine, you know, inviting the the, the violence. But I guess the, the, the question is, 8,500 troops or 8,500 men and women, many of whom come from Indiana. Is the Biden administration ready to point weapons at Russian soldiers and say, back out of Ukraine? And should we be in that place? Well, I think where we should be, Tony, is what we did over the weekend. We have sent ammunition in there. We have sent weaponry in there, more than what Obama did with the uh, flashlights and blankets when uh, Russia went after Crimea. So... To your question of should we be there, yeah, I do think we need to be there. The only thing that the Ukraine asked of our country was they didn't ask for our people. They asked for weapons. They said, will you sell us, not give us? We'll do our part, 
will you provide weaponry? Biden administration drug their feet, finally got weaponry to them over the weekend. So I don't think, uh, I, I think we're doing what is the smart thing to do for Ukraine as well. We got to keep our eye on what's happening over there. And I think now we've at least taken a fairly responsible approach, which is get Ukraine what they're asking of of this country. They want to purchase weapons and the weapons are on the way. Talking to Representative Jackie Walorski of the 2nd District of Indiana. Of course, we've seen the United Kingdom engage in a tremendous amount of of drops of military armaments and and, uh, help uh, for Ukraine. Moving it out. And taking a look at what's going on right here in the United States and the inflation conversation uh, that that we're dealing with. I wasn't kidding. You know, the, the RV industry is everything. You sit on the House Recreational Vehicle Caucus. Well, of course you do as the co-chair. <laughs> of course I do. Um, you know, it's but as that business goes, so goes the economy. And we see this unique mixed bag when we see Wall Street even have thousand point swings and still come out ahead. But Midwest Main Street is in a much different place. We see oil prices brent crude hitting that 90 dollar number right there at at the border which means a hundred dollars a barrel is not too far uh, uh, away you sit on the house ways and means committee you're paying attention to tax code and and economic health all day all night all the time um is america really prepared for the inflation that is going to continue to grow I don't think they are. I think, you know, just in the last six months, people in my district have their ears on. They realize they're paying more at the pump. Senior citizens are paying 50% more for propane during an Indiana winter, which in my world today is, you know, every single school is closed because of the freezing weather or at zero. So when you look at the reality of people walking in stores and there's no, you know, there's no uh, products on the shelves, everything costs more. You know, the the questions my district asks me, Tony, when I'm home and I'm in that grocery store and I'm in the laundromat, they look at me and they say, what in the world is happening in this country? How could 52 weeks have changed the destiny of the average American and the American dream? It's because we have horrible policies. We have a president who's made at least seven mistakes in the last 52 days, and he hasn't done anything right. There's nothing correct that's going correctly in this country that I could say to them, oh, fear not, you know, gas prices are going to go down. Gas prices today in my district are over $3 a gallon. Oh, fear not, propane is going to come back to an adjusted market rate. It's not happening, and we just entered winter. The American people are slammed, and they're afraid because they see the American dream sliding away from them with one-party rule. Talking to Congresswoman Jackie Walorski of the 2nd District of Indiana. I get what they're seeing. We we see it, too. Uh, so when you see a House of Representatives that has a record number of Democrats retiring with Speaker Pelosi staying on, announcing her, her you know, run for, for reelection, how do Republicans view winning the House? Meaning, what is the message that's going to resonate with voters to get them over the finish line and take control and help blunt some of these policies? Because we're going to tell them the truth that we're in this fight to win it. And when these, when these Democrats saw the fading of the BBB and they saw $4 trillion out the door, and, you know, many Americans are standing there with their jaws open saying, what in the world needs to happen? We need to reset this. We need to get our values back in this country. We need to make sure that we're protected in our neighborhoods, that inflation goes down, that IRAs go up. Because that's the reality of what's happening. I think by telling the truth in our districts that we're fighting for them and that what we're going to do when we get this house back categorically 
you know, we do have a plan. We do have a plan to release to them. It's basically undo the seven horrible things that have just happened. And the American people are there. I talked to Democrats in my district, Tony, that absolutely are horrified that this left radical agenda has taken over the Democratic Party. And they feel it, too. They feel it in their pockets as well. We're doubled down. You know, Pelosi can come back and she can do whatever she wants to do. But I'll tell you, the fight for the country is right here in every one of these districts. And we're fighting back for our districts, our constituents and for the American. When, But I'm, I want to dig just a little deeper if I can. Sure. Because I, I, I don't mind a, a bit of sloganeering and I don't mind saying we're down for the fight. Give me three subjects. What is it that the Republicans believe are the three subjects or the one subject? Uh, if I want to put you less border. on the spot. Let's what are the three things border, that Tony. Republicans believe are going to move moderates and the suburban soccer mom to their camp? Energy, the southern border, the cost of inflation. How, how about those three right there? We can turn those around almost instantaneously by putting the Trump administration rules back on that border that the Supreme Court supported. We can turn that border off almost immediately. We did it in the last administration. Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that came out of Ways and Means was an immediate bump, an immediate help to average American family, middle America, my district, being able to secure the American dream, being able to invest money and watch their investments grow, not being completely shattered with the federal government giving trillions of dollars of money away. I mean, people are fraught with fear. That's why we're out there telling them. That's why we're out there working for them. You know, we made sure we brought so much pressure on those Democrats, both on the House and the Senate side, by talking to their districts. They couldn't even get BBB down. They're still having conversations. Can they bring small pieces of it down? We are on the defense for our country. We're the ones that are going to make sure that reinstitute the uh, Constitution, the power of the Constitution, and making sure our districts and the rest of the country have a chance to rebuild that American dream. We are right there with them. We live in these same places and are paying the same ludicrous amount of money that the Biden administration has unveiled into this country. One of the other things that we talk about very often is that I have not seen a single member, never mind anyone from Indiana. I've not heard it from Governor Eric Holcomb. I have not seen it from the General Assembly. But I also have not heard it from any representative nor senator. The call to bring manufacturing back from China to the United States and how Midwest Main Street should be the place where this is going and how specifically, I'll, I'll speak personally, Indiana should be the place. I mean, you, you represent uh, the, those, those, that northern district. You represent where we do a lot of manufacturing, but we're not bringing drug manufacturing back at any record numbers. Columbus, Ohio, got the Intel plant for $20 billion, which I consider a sin against nature, not because I don't want the plant, because I didn't want it in Ohio. I'd much rather have it in my beloved Indiana. Where is the push, the aggressive push statewide and from your level to bring manufacturing back to, to America and specifically to Indiana? You better believe it. So one of the things that, you know, that we do have the jurisdiction on is trade issues. And there's a big fight over trade with the Biden administration because they simply won't move. There's a there's a part in the trade regs called Section 301 that has tariffs involving China that we recently just let a letter on. We've been and we shot it to the mountaintops. The Biden administration has done absolutely not one thing. What we need, what we've been fighting for, what we've been pushing for is put us back to the 301s that we were under, under the Trump administration. Let's go, let's go back to when this was going right. 
and the manufacturers in my districts and around the country were set free to do what they want to do to help people to keep money in their pocket and more than anything, keep manufacturing jobs here. We can't even get a response from the USTR and for the Biden administration, but I can tell you I'm leading the effort both for the state of Indiana and nationally as well. Because so you're telling me that, that to change the regs, or they're not coming back. So you're telling me that Republicans have been reaching out to the Biden administration to open things up on the regulatory side for manufacturing, and he's not responding. And that's not a nationwide conversation on radio stations, on Fox, on Newsmax, on News Nation, on social media, and everywhere else. We're the first people talking about it. We're not the first people talking about it. It's in print media all over. I think I saw six uh, things yesterday on clips where we're talking about this nationwide, any venue that we can get, because it's, again, another mistake by the Biden administration. Appointing a USTR and handcuffing her from being able to have the ability to bring those jobs back or shut those tariffs off. A tariff is a tax, and that's that's what we fight in our district with the RV industry now. We will. We're going to get into the tariff as a tax conversation at another time because uh, I use. I said that for four years and I accepted the 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 effort. But a tariff is a tax, and people yelled at me. Tariffs are definitely taxes. Before I let you go, uh, Representative, I'm taking a look at all the caucuses that you're a part of. I'm going to get a little selfish right here, which I think is fine to do. I notice of everything that you are a part of, you are not a part of the uh, Congressional Cigar Caucus, and I, I'm going to need your help there. I need you, you. I, Congressman Banks. We were able to get him on. I need Congressman Bouchon. Uh, I, I need Trey Hollingsworth while he's still there. Uh, I need Congressman Baird and Pence. I, 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 I even need Mervin uh, there in the first district, Democrat. I need you all on the uh, Cigar Caucus. We got some work to do. We do have work to do. Because I'm busy making sure we get those manufacturing jobs, Tony, right up in my district in northern Indiana and to keep those RVs producing. I do like RVs producing because after you're done with a long day of driving and you're set up, it's good to have a cigar. That's See, everything ties in together. <laughs> Representative Jackie Walorski from the 2nd District of Indiana. I appreciate you taking the time. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.